HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. It's it's a it's a we're raining mitzvahs today in Arts and Seizures on our two hundredth episode. And they said it wouldn't last. Back in the Durwood Kirby chair is the original co-host of the show back. Remember when we were Mike and Judy? I remember Judy and Mike show. We're still <laughs> That's what John Spencer called it. Yeah, well, we're here we're here and you left you left us on a show hundred and forty eight. I had to look, oh, look wow. Up. I know. I did a lot of... Sh- I should have stuck it out for 150 <laughs> at least. I think so. I think so, but Judy, I'm so glad to have you back, and it is a multitude of mitzvahs, um, because not only are we selling, celebrating our 200th show, but you just got married! I did just get married! And you didn't mention it to Judy McGuire, who's here. That's okay. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. And that's, that's Rabbi Dan Bronstein, who's uh, joining us uh, for his third or fourth time. And um, he's with uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg, who um, also joining us for a third or fourth time. I two thought, of my favorite guests. Two, Thank two, you for bringing them two back. Two of my favorite guests. And that's what I thought we'd do today. What is more arts and seizures than Judaism and wrestling? We got the rock and roll rabbi and the wrestling guy. You're back. We may have a couple special guests coming in. I think this is perfect. This is why they don't include us at Heritage Radio in the fundraising materials. <laughs> they really don't. They still don't. <laughs> we, we are the bastard stepchild of this whole operation. And what is it you do, Mike? We do the farm report. We do a show about wine. We're about cheese. Yeah, I got rabbis and wrestlers. Oh, they don't know what they're missing. <laughs> they don't know what else you need. <laughs> the engineer is scratching his head. Uh, what else do you need? Um, before we go any further, though, Rabbi uh, Dan has been kind enough to offer to say a blessing for our 200th show. 
So I, I had to think about what was the proper blessing. Um, I thought first maybe the Birkat HaGomel, it's a blessing that you say after you've survived some great danger, but I didn't think that was affirmative enough, so I went through the old <laughs> that's classic... For, that's for Wednesday. That's for Wednesday, right, right. I, the, God willing, you know, um, we survived that danger. Um, but uh, I thought of the Shehachianu, I'm just going to say it very quickly because rabbis are always accused of speaking uh, for too long. So, uh, but Not just we'll, rabbis, Jews in general. Well, Jews in general, that's true. That's my family. <laughs> Blessed are you, eternal one, sovereign of the universe, who's uh, given us life, sustained us, and brought us to this happy occasion of 200 shows. Thank you so much. Amen. Let's hear it for Rabbi Dan. Thank you, Rabbi Dan. Well, he's you, removing his yarmulke now. And now I'm taking off my yarmulke. Now he's going to gonna talk dirty. He, he's a real ra- rabbi, though. This is not kayfabe, uh, like, like the business you're in, Greenberg. <laughs> um, this is not Judaism. This is Judaism. That's right. <laughs> he's, 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 he's good. Yeah, right? But, you know, we were talking we, about merging the two worlds before. Yes. We, we talk, he brought up Blimp Levy when we were. Right. Blimp Levy. What is that? Blimp Levy was a professional wrestler, but I've been, I think he was really a fringe personality. I'm not sure she, he was a major player at any point. Now, Ruffy Silverstein, on the other hand. Ruffy Silverstein. That was a guy who people really looked up to. And Are I, they in your new book, <laughs> Keith Greenberg? The uh, no, w- actually, Ruffy Silverstein is not in the book. I, 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 I question, I, that's it, I question the validity of this encyclopedia of sports entertainment. Any encyclopedia that does not have Ruffy Silverstein in it, okay, is just not legit. We are also celebrating yet another mitzvah. It is an embarrassment of riches here today, and that's uh, Keith Greenberg has written his 409th book. Um, He's partly responsible, at least, for the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment, the definitive guide uh, to the history of the WWE and beyond. Yes, WWE and beyond. And I do need to emphasize for all those fans of Gulf Coast wrestling out of... uh, Pensacola, Florida, and Southern Alabama. That promotion is in there along with other territorial. All, all right, Transit All Texas Powerhouse. Wrestling, Mid Atlantic Wrestling. Mid Atlantic Wrestling is in there. And it looks really Houston good. Houston Wrestling. This book. And it looks, it looks, it looks um, amazing. It's amazing. And it is by far the heaviest book ever written. It looks like on the a show. perfect Christmas and holiday gift. Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah, oh Diwali. Diwali, right whatever, now. Diwali. Yeah. Dude, this is a book that could do some damage. It's like it's like that coffee table book on Seinfeld. I mean, this thing you could actually hit someone over the head with and like really hurt somebody. Yeah, I would like to see that. Can you arrange for it to be used in the ring? I, I think that would be I, a good I was kind of I was kind of hoping that somebody in their wisdom would do that. But I guess there's too much going on WWE to incorporate. Someone in their wisdom. You see, that's why the show doesn't get, get covered in the, in the Heritage um, the Heritage uh, in House Press because he talks about wrestling and wisdom in the same sentence. And But they could bring in the Vince McMahon money if they... Uh... Ah, Linda McMahon, failed political candidate, $200 million. She got bupkis. Speaking of which, I heard there's an election going on. That's right. Oh. By the way, do you know what bupkis means? Tell me, Dan. People don't realize that's one of those words that gets to be used so often. People don't realize what the original meaning was. So, what do you think "bupkis" means? It means well, zero, nothing. nothing. It means ghost shit. Goat shit. Yes. Oh. Is that true? Ah. Uh, well, wh- speaking of goat wait, shit, wait, the cops. Where? From where? I, oh, oh <laughs> hey, hey, wait a second. Let's where? not get personal here. Where? where <laughs> from where? A Yiddish, a Yiddish word for goat shit. Yeah. Wow. 
no, this is perfect because you're a Cubs fan, and um, I, I missed the curse. There, watch this. This is like a total heel turn right here. Okay, it's like I, honestly, I rooted for the Cubs while they're playing Los Angeles because fuck Los Angeles, exactly. right? Fuck the Dodgers. Exactly. I live in Brooklyn. Fuck the Dodgers. But the second they won, I was like, you know, I was all for the Indians. Another story team. Another team who hasn't won in a long time. Sixty-eight um, years. You know, and also these Johnny Come Lately fans. Look, if, you know, hey, they're so white. There's so many goddamn white people. Fucking Wrigley Field. Jesus, true. But well, uh, I would think whenever there's a World Series, it's going to be primarily white because it's a very expensive. Wrigley Field is great, though. I do like Wrigley Field. I saw ACDC there this year. Um, The last great rock concert of of our generation. Um, But I'm a Southside guy. If it came down to it, I I understand. I mean, listen, I live live in New York, and I I try to be a Mets fan, although they make it kind of hard for you. If the Cubs had to lose to anybody, I would have been okay with Cleveland as opposed to L.A. or New York. I feel like, or Boston. You know, I feel New like York, you know, meaning the Yankees. Yes, exactly. But I, but I think baseball needs a curse, and I feel like we've lost something. Where's the myth? Where's the where's where's that like that that that? that I know it's the end of days. It's the well, or, or, that's what I feel. Or, that's what I feel. Or it could be equated to the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948. Now, what what was there to aspire to? I, I don't even know where to. You watch too that. much wrestling. <laughs> a, I would have to think that out. Well, we were we were talking for a second before about the nature of curses. Um, you know. What do Jews know about curses, Dan? There's some very, uh, again, Yiddish. There's amazing curses. There's a, uh, there used to be a journal, uh, academic journal, called the uh, International Journal of Verbal Aggression. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not making this up, and it studied insults. And oh, I was that hearing, sounds uh, really fun. It is, because it tells you a lot about culture, these insults. Yeah. And this guy was t- saying that um, the speaker was saying, who wasn't Jewish, was saying that the filthiest insults are actually Hungarian and uh, the most. Can you give us a sample? Uh, it mostly had to do uh, with the recurring phrase of "May God stick His magnificent ass out of a cloud and defecate on you." There was that was a recurring theme, and, um, and the Yiddish ones he said were pretty uh, cerebral and twisted, as so, is our nature, right? So, like, so you, you know, got some Yiddish thrown on us, whip it on us. Well, here's a, a good one. May you inherit a great fortune and be too ill to enjoy it. That's a good <laughs> the Jews and money. May all your teeth fall out except for one with a toothache. Ooh, that hurts. May you be like a chandelier hanging daytime, burning at nighttime. So you got one. You got a special curse for that Jared Kushner character. Uh, we were talking about him earlier, and you and you were saying if you ran the circus, he'd be the first motherfucker that you would excommunicate. Yeah, I, will, I would issue a fatwa against him. Although I know my <laughs> friends who are scholars of Islam will say that I'm misusing that term, but I would have him uh, probably abducted and. Uh, uh, you know, thrown out of a plane in ISIS territory. Yeah, he could um, be. He could not be worse. He's a slumlord who kip, kicks people out of their homes, and he's running Trump's campaign. He's reprehensible. A completely it's anti-Semitic, racist campaign. It's disgusting. And the people who say that, oh no, they can't be. Trump is an anti-Semitic because his daughter is Jewish. You know, it has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. No, I don't think Trump has any real beliefs. No, except for himself. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Donald Trump finds his daughter more fuckable now that she's Jewish or less fuckable? I, I know that's fucked up. I think it's she's less fuckable because she's older and has had children. That's don't you think he's okay. like into the whole twisted exotic thing? Yeah. He, well, I mean, she looks like his first wife. Like well, she mom. is. She is the daughter. Her mom. I mean, so, if, if I can bring it back to the wrestling world, people <laughs> did condemn Hulk Hogan for having a very young, pretty girlfriend who looked like his daughter. But who he, looks exactly like his wife. But she looked exactly like his yeah, wife. But, but, yeah, but they look exactly like his wife because they, they get their hair out of the same bottle, largely. You know, I mean. Nothing it's, wrong it's, with dying hair. Not at all. 
not at all. Well, you see, my hair color founding father is number right. two. It doesn't come cheap. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's, it's something creepy about Hulk Hogan, you know, especially. And I'm glad you brought up that motherfucker because, you know, for years I wanted to see that guy go down. I wanted to be the guy I took him down, but not. Well, now he's on top of the world, which really, really, really chaps my ass. Would it be but, on top but, of but the I felt world? bad for him. Like, like. You know, in a certain way, like this kid was in that accident and someone died and his wife left him. He was getting, like, fucked in a way that I don't think he didn't deserve. It was like, whoa, he got, he, you know, he got a bad raw deal. Right. And, Even and, for a jerk, he got, like, a well, raw deal. Well, I mean, and you're calling him a jerk without really knowing him. You're calling him a I jerk know him. because of what he represents to you. You know, or, you know, just because somebody does a couple of face rakes and kind of tired-looking clotheslines... Doesn't mean he needs to suffer like saying. Joe. You say, you say my hatred for Hogan is not legit, but you know, no, Hogan's the kind of guy, as, as, our, as our friend Roddy Piper once told me, who wears spandex when he mows the lawn. You know, you know, he's a mark for his own gimmick, as we like yeah, to say. Right. Listen, you, you, you know, you know him as you, you know, much better than I do. But the guy does. I don't know Jared Kushner either. You know, I don't know personally. I haven't been over his house for Seder. You know, I don't think I'm getting that invitation anytime soon. But Hogan's a jerk. You know, you know the stories. He's I mean, treated, look, he's I not a good I, representative for the art or culture or science or, or sport of wrestling. You know, he hasn't elevated it one fucking micron. If anything, he's just dragged it down into a level of stupidity that's hard I to mean, fucking escape from. Talking about 30 years ago, it's like, you know, Dick the Bruiser back in, you know, his final days on Earth. When WWE would have a show in Indianapolis, he had these fans who would call him up and Dick the Bruiser would go, how's the house? And they'd go, oh, it was terrible. They'd had to close off the two top sections. They couldn't draw anything. He goes, I'm the only guy who can draw in Indianapolis. I'm the most dangerous man on the planet. So we're talking about Hulk Hogan ruining wrestling. That's a 30-year-old argument. Well, I didn't say that he ruined wrestling. I mean, he, has not, he certainly didn't elevate it, which is something Dick the Bruiser certainly did with his elo- Quince and love of polka music. Well, no, that was the Crusher was the one with the polka music. <laughs> Who was billed as Dick the Bruiser's cousin? Polish wrestling families. We should talk about Jewish wrestlers. You a wrestling fan at all, Rabbi Dan? Not really, but I am uh, into this idea of uh, setting the history straight about these early days of Jewish wrestlers and Jewish boxers. Ruffy Silverstein. Jewish basketball players. People think it's like a punchline, but... Well, it is. It's the world's smallest book, Great it's, Jewish Athletes. Right, right. That, that's from uh, Airplane, right? <laughs> um, can I have yeah, some light reading? Famous Jewish sports legends. But it's, it's, it's part of an internalized uh, self-hatred, you know, that uh, Jews can't be uh, physical. Tough guys. Right. Although, look at the, the upcoming uh, main event for the Survivor Series is the returning Bill Goldberg, who, uh, in, in the, in the uh, build-up to the Survivor Series... Gave a spear to another Jew, Paul Heyman, and from what I read on the internet, legitimately injured him. Paul Heyman is a great wrestling Jew. Yeah. Who is the Survivor gr- Series? Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, you no, know what? That, I, you know what? We're mean, not talking about Holocaust. Yeah, yeah I was like, when a rabbi says it to you, it means something That's where I went to immediately. <laughs> oh, man. Judy, how's married life? Married life is exactly the same as unmarried life. Your same-sex marriage. Yes. <laughs> it was, it's, it's lovely. You have to include the punchline to same-sex marriage. Well, we've been together for 12 years. It's all the same sex. We just got married, and it was a lovely ceremony. Not without its drama, though. Your yeah. officiant uh, had a fainting spell pretty much right before the ceremony. Threw up right as she was about to. Nobody knew it was happening because the... Where we chose to have it was like this long, narrow corridor type thing, which was bad planning on my part. 
she we got everyone together my friend played bagpipes let everyone in my friend who was doing the the ceremony went went pale slumped to the floor threw up luckily i have a friend who's a nurse who came over and got her some water and some bread and she was these are all things you expect from the groom yeah, no, he took. <laughs> and thanks for telling him that he ruined his life by marrying me, I Mike. I didn't say that. Right after the ceremony. I didn't say You're that. You're screwed now. I didn't say that. You said something I like that. I certainly did not say that. Are you kidding? He married you, Judy. Every day is like a Swiss picnic in your household. I'm sure of it. I said no such thing. There was something you said. I to said him. no such thing. No, I, I, no, I strongly, in the strongest terms, deny that I said you're screwed. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Who wouldn't want to be married to you and live with you in the happily ever after? You, I've said many times, what I've said about Judy McGuire on the record is that she is the neoplatonic <laughs> ideal of what a human being should be. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Oh, this guy love, is love, good. Love, love, love. See what you're missing? 100, 148 episodes. What happened? You moved to? I moved to Queens, and uh, as I was walking, you know, my big problem with my neighborhood in Jackson Heights is there's no, like, boring, nice restaurant to go to with, like, tin ceilings and a steak. But today, as I was walking to the train, I saw that the new um, flower store, which also has a coffee shop in the back and sells incense, is offering oh Reiki in the afternoon. I was like, oh, here we go. Yep. Here That's, we go. It's all over. Speaking of the end of days. <laughs> and the apocalypse. Tea and Reiki. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Queens, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go back to episode number two, uh, featuring Dick Manitoba from the Bronx, of course, oh. but celebrating our best friends from Queens, the Ramones. Episode number two. Do you remember that long yes, ago? Yes, I do. We've been here for five years. It's episode number 200, so we've been averaging pretty much 40 shows uh, a year. We take off for a couple of holidays. Um, and uh, we both congratulations, Mike. Thank you, Judy. You've been a huge part of it. Um, I want to thank, obviously, thank Heritage Radio. I'm hoping. Um, I want to thank Roberta's. I mean, how many pizzas have we had? Like um, 200 <laughs> shows, so we've had 5,000 pizzas. Do you remember the days when we had to like argue to get topics on them? Uh, I think I won that fight. I won that war. You were the Aaron Brockovich of, of like yeah. pizza and radio. <laughs> Seriously, you may laugh, but never forget what, is N- <laughs> what, is N- what does NPR stand for? No pizza radio. Try to get Terry Gross to give you a slice. Not going to fucking happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going back to episode number two. This is me and Dick Manitoba celebrating Queens, rock and roll, and Joey Ramone. This is as close as I'll ever be to being a Ramone. And um, it was just the beginning. Holy cow. 200 shows later, here we are in Arts and Sisters Caesars. Be right back. <laughs> Rock, 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 rock away, beach, and we're back on the 200th episode of Arts and Seizures. Can you dig it? Judy McGuire back. Yay! Pizza Rumba and his Sputnik era humor are in orbit somewhere around Germany right now. And we're sitting Are with, they with Boss Hogg? Uh, they're not, and I don't think they're paths of cross. Boss Hogg actually on their way back, and I hope to see them here in the studio, hopefully in the next couple weeks. Our friends uh, John and Christina, but sitting with us right now. Uh, making a return appearance at Triple Encore is uh, the great Dan Bronstein, Rabbi Dan. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. I feel quite literally and truly blessed. And 
uh, wretched, wretched ink-stained Keith Elliott Greenberg, author of, I'm going to use my Joe Franklin voice, many, 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 many books. Thank you. All right. Keith and I have, uh, have worked together. We worked together on a book called The Day John Lennon Died, about quite literally the day John Lennon died. We worked on a book about James Dean uh, together, a couple of uh, slain superstars, and our paths used to cross frequently in the wrestling and pornography world. Yes, we, yes it did. Oh, Keith, not you too. <laughs> so, um, we were speaking earlier, and we were talking about the concept of Jewish wrestlers. Yes. And there have been quite a few, and I think that has to do with the fact that wrestling has its origins in the carnival. And the carnival is something that appeals to people who live on the fringe and are kind of observing society as a whole. It, it's, that's right. There's all these uh, different professions that Jews went into because they were on the fringe and maybe they couldn't get into them. That's why Jews, pine- I mean, the, you know, the stereotypical example is Hollywood. But also the, uh, some of the great record labels, right? That's right. Uh, comic books, as we were comic talking about books. before. And, of course, the professional wrestling world. And, of course, the professional wrestling world. And I have to tell a story about Izzy Slapowitz. Izzy Slapowitz. What a great name. And Ruffy Silverstein and Izzy Slapowitz. And, and Izzy Slapowitz never really made it with a major promotion. And it was a very anti-Semitic gimmick, to be honest. He would get hip-tossed, and he'd grab his back, and he'd say he was going to sue. Oi! <laughs> But um, <laughs> oy, oy. but leaping Lanny Paffo, the brother of Randy Macho Man Savage, who is a very proud half Jew, the child of a Jewish mother, told me a story that he was in a tag team match in Kentucky. It was leaping Lanny Paffo and George Weingeroff, who was also Jewish, against Izzy Slapowitz, and I'm trying to remember there was another. There was one Gentile in the match, and when the match ended. Izzy Slapwitz punched a fan in the face. And they got back into the dressing room, and Angelo Paffo, the father of Randy Macho Man Savage, he said, like, why did you do that? Like, why did you punch out a fan? And he goes, he called me a kike. Oh. And to which Angelo Paffo replied, you idiot, that's your gimmick. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> well, have you ever seen the Three Stooges, a very early Three Stooges episode? Where uh, Curly impersonates a wrestler named Bustoff, they they accidentally knock Bustoff unconscious. Then Curly is thrown into the ring and he's just getting beaten up. I do remember. But that. he goes he goes wild when he smells wild hyacinth perfume. I do remember. And uh, he ends up uh, uh, beating up all these people. It's incredible. Jewish this is a moment. meeting of the minds, McGuire. I know. I'm. I'm okay, the, the rabbi and the wrestler. This now, is, now, now if, if Hebrew school were like this. I would have bar mitzvahed my children. Well, I, I try and make it uh, as an educator. I try and make it like this. No, I, th- I think that's great. Well, isn't that isn't that uh, the whole idea? If, if you, if a Hebrew school were like this, I would have bar mitzvahed my children. There is so much wrong with that statement. I don't even know where, where, where to begin. Have you uh, officiated any bar mitzvahs at all, Dan? Not in quite a while. I tell you, the last bar mitzvah I went to, though, I say it would made me. If I were to have children, it would make sure I'd steer them quite clear from that 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 whole ritual because it was. Um, as I've described elsewhere, more like a pep rally for a third world dictator or like, you know, the boy emperor king. You know, it was with giant jumbotron screens. It was just an exercise. Are you brothers listening right now? 
Yeah, as if my brothers <laughs> listen to my fucking radio show. They you know, probably don't even know about uh, the show. Uh, after that last book I wrote, no one's talking to each other. I, you know, more of the Edison scorched earth theory. Well, that's um, that's really a distortion of you know what happened in America. That's really a distortion. No, but of you're, I quoted you, Dan, in, right. in, in, in in my book because you're the one that said you know a bar mitzvah is not a graduation; it's an initiation. Exactly, and that's very important. And I love that. And I was fortunate, oddly, that you actually uh, knew um, the uh, the rabbi of the bar mitzvah, me, uh, Alfred Landberg. It's, it's weird. Oh yeah, because, sure. Because your family in Chicago, whatever. It's a weird, weird connection. But he was this long-haired, kind of greaser rabbi who he, he bar mitzvahed you. Yeah, yes, and many others. Um, his daughter's a rabbi, and I went to rabbinic school with her. She mm-hmm. was a good friend. Is she conservative? And he, uh, she would. I would call her right-wing reform, and right-wing only in the sense of her observance, not in terms of her politics. Uh, politics this was a very, very liberal, very reform right. uh, synagogue that, that, I, that I went to. Um, but he taught me a lot. He taught me either, I like the values classes, the morals classes, sure. the ethics classes. It wasn't about like sight reading Hebrew so much. I mean, he, he, he knew what the whole thing was a put on. The whole thing's a, com- a complete shuck and jive. It's a, 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 work, a work, but but a work. But it's just memorizing, isn't it? Uh, or learning to read something phonetically. It's not like right. learning a language. Well, it's supposed to be about learning, but a lot of people don't do it that way. Right. But no. he's a really. I haven't seen him in a few years. Rabbi Landsberg, but he looked really cool. Is he still alive, Rabbi Landsberg? As far as I know. I should look him up because I, I really like, he used to ride a Harley Davidson up to the synagogue. He's wow. like somebody, he looked like a character from um, Miami Vice in the <laughs> 1980s with his hair. Yeah, very. He looked like a really cool, like sort of drug lord Miami character. There but, were no cool priests. None. <laughs> we had, they had an acoustic guitar for a while. One of the younger priests came and the nuns were getting a little too friendly with him. So, of course, they like... Moved that's, all the nuns away. That, that sounds like Lutheran or some one of these other Christian. No, it was, cults. It was like the seventies. <laughs> they gave folk mass a try. Right, I, and I actually like remember nuts. because I grew up around Catholic kids, and I remember hearing like, "Hey, church isn't that bad." They it play was still guitar that bad. It sounds suspiciously Protestant. But what do you mean about the nuns giving him? To, what did you say? Well, they thought the nuns were getting too friendly with. Right, with that him. was right. What do you mean by that? <laughs> because they see, because they don't have sex, they think of sex in every. Thing. And maybe they were thinking about like getting friendly because they have the whole celibacy thing, and they're all they're all like in their, I mean I thought they were old, but they were probably like in their early thirties. So they Catholics always move the nuns, like the the women always get screwed and get right, sent right. off to like you know some horrible place where. You know, there's no chance that they're going to have sex except with each other. But was that like? Do you think that was people projecting onto the nuns Lesbian their own nonsense. their own lesbian nonsense, Michigas, uh, their own craziness? Yeah, probably. Michigas. I mean, I didn't hear. Uh, we, meanwhile, we had a teacher in Catholic Poor school nuns. who was a lay teacher who later got lay dead. teacher. He got fired uh. because we had to all wear shorts under our uniform because he would turn the girls upside down. So the whole class could see their underwear. Wow. And we were just like, oh, our solution wasn't to be outraged. It was like, we're going to wear shorts under our uniforms. Well, I'm sure that wow. doesn't go on. Let's not be too righteous. We was, were, I'm not, we were, oh, no, we we were speaking for. about our friends in the set market. Yes. yes. So Turnbull at least five women, though, asked me at your wedding if the guy that played the bagpipes, the guy that killed her was wearing underwear. He's a married firefighter. I know. I I'm assuming. No I'm assuming. Idea. I'm assuming he was, there were no tidy whiteies under that skirt, though. Wouldn't I that did be not traditional? Ask him. But all the women wanted to know. Well, you, you bring a fireman. You know, a I friend know. of mine was like, "Who's he? Aaron's so nice." So it's like he's married to one of my oldest friends. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, do you have any advice for uh, Judy? She's entering this new, new. Uh, she's crossed the threshold. 
Well, I, I was saying, you know, uh, in, in a place like the United States of America, if you're newly married, you get all kinds of sort of um, you gifts. Know, gifts and things. And if you tell people like in restaurants or hotels, they often go out for you. So I said you should. I said it quite explicitly, you know, just. You milk it for what it's worth. Why not? i got to Good do advice that. from a rabbi. I was going to say, it's feeding into so, every stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's, I appreciate it. It doesn't sound like a rabbi. It just sounds some like, 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 like rank, and file, rank and file Jew. No, no. If it was Protocols of Elders of Zion territory, I'd be saying no, Give the, and then give it to me. Right. I'm just saying for you. I like yeah, it. I mean, it, it has gotten to the point where it's kind of a disappointment when UPS just brings me cat food. Because it's like, oh, what's today? Yeah, right, exactly. It's a pretty cool thing. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, it was nice. Now, I like it. I think married life is suiting you. You know, I really haven't done anything married. You look good. Thank you. You're glowing. Thank you. I'm glowing. <laughs> you support each other. Yes. And that's the main thing. Yes. Yeah. Look, look, look Dave the Engineer is about to start crying. <laughs> He's got a Jewish girlfriend. You talk, Dan, you should talk to him about his Jewish girlfriend. I, I will. She's lovely. Like to. She's lovely. I've met her. And he's becoming a lot quicker with, with the rim shot after the jokes, too. Okay, well, that's ah. the main thing. <laughs> Sense of humor. Um, it's great. Holy cow. It's always been the fastest half hour on the internet. And 200 shows later, it's still rock and rolling and racing by. And you only look like you've had like 160 shows, Mike. You look great. I look like I've had 400 pizzas, though. <laughs> By the way, isn't it usually a pizza in the room? Yeah, where's our pizza in the room? Well, I thought we'd, I thought we'd have the party a pray today. I can't. You can't. Oh, well, you should have said something. Oh, man. This is, this is such guilt. Welcome to Judaism. That's right. <laughs> See, I got that down. Catholics and Jews have the, you know, what is the, the difference? guilt. What is the difference between Catholic guilt and Jewish guilt? I'm not, I can't speak for Catholic guilt, but Jewish guilt is supposed to uh, spur you on to action. To making changes, so not just feel bad, but actually. But again, is that the reformed? No, no, it's not. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about uh, Hillel, 2200 years, 2100 years ago. I think Catholic guilt is just to make you feel like crap, and that's it. Yeah, no other purpose. Yeah, all these progressive things. You're, you're, uh, you know. you're ascribing to reformed Jews. And, uh, but does it work as Jewish guilt? Because I've seen my mother who was like, had a black belt in it. <laughs> and she never called it, you know. I mean, okay, here, here is the absolute black belt, 33rd degree Mason, you know, unbelievable, like, apex Everest of Jewish guilt is after my mom, mom died, um, she sent letters to her children. She had letters that were marked, uh, please deliver upon my de- death, which were handwritten on some uh, paper that she had taken from her job years ago because my mom didn't believe in paying for paper. Um, and she, That's she, classic. Yeah, and she wrote, she, uh, wrote on this um, like three-ring, three ring, like loose-leaf binder paper from like 1976 that she had been saving because, you know, paper. Um, she wrote to my brother, you should have visited me more with your children while I was alive. Yeah, I would say that's not oh, that, that's oh, not that helpful. And oh. nor does that spur you on to action. Since yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, no, that's why you have to do it while what are you, you're still alive. What are you, you going to do with that? But you got to admit, it's like that's like the ap- the apogee. That's like gold medals, blue ribbons. Well, that's just that's like, just guilt. If it's not, if you know, making somebody feel bad isn't connected to actual. Transform, transforming someone's behavior, then it's worthless because then uh, you just feel bad. Uh, she made everybody feel bad with that. But you know, my parents <laughs> were obsessed with um, 
I haven't seen this in years, but like, you know, like at, at diners, they have those little things of jelly or jam. Mm-hmm. My parents were obsessed with absconding with those. It was like they were heroin <laughs> addicts, addicts with like these jelly. See, again, similarities. My Irish granny would walk off with the silverware. There you go. We're not like so different. diner silverware. Silverware. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, and also all the sugar and jelly. Right, right. The, 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 of course. Was, in my house, it was sweetener, not sugar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have some sweet and low at all. Yes. To go out. Right. Oh, wow. Look at all the sweet and low. Sweet and low. What oh. a gold mine. All right. The 200th show, and we're stealing sweetener. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. All right. That's it. I had to leave, leave, leave 200 shows on a, on a positive note. Hey, listen, the holidays are coming up. We got Hanukkah's on Christmas Eve this yes, year, which, 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 which is crazy, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Dan, I hope you're going to come back. We're going to talk about Absolutely. We're coming back to talk about Mad Magazine. I hope so. Okay, in, in, in the new year. Trina McGuire, I love you more than words can say. Thank you so much for, Thank for, you. for, for coming out to celebrate this mitzvah with us. Um, you know, I wish you only uh, happiness and success and health in uh, this marriage experiment of yours. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg, out with the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. This is a major, 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 major book. You should see this thing. It is the size of, uh, of an actual wrestling ring, more or less. Very cool looking. And uh, what else is going on with you, Keith Elliott Greenberg? Any more books we can inspire uh, I do, anything? I do, I do have a book coming out in May. It's called Killing for You. It's uh, my third true crime book with St. Martin's Press, and it's a very twisted tale about an actor who uh, beheaded a very heroic uh, Afghan war veteran in a theater. Wow. Unbelievable. This is why I do this show, because, you know, access to genius. The people that have walked through the studio, um, I mean, not for nothing, 200 episodes later, the amount of, like, great, talented, uh, and smart and funny people that have walked through the studio uh, over the last five, five years has been absolutely incredible. People from, like, every possible conceivable world, including the cheese and wine world and the beer world, and, <laughs> occasionally. and, and occasionally, you know, some, uh, you know, family farms and uh, food Food protocols and stuff, um, but yeah, we got our we got our rabbi, we got our wrestler, we have Judy McGuire, we've got punk rockers, pornographers. Next week, it's the week before Thanksgiving. I believe there's going to be an on-air wine tasting. Can you dig it? Uh. And after that, we're going to rock our way through Christmas. It's fifty-seven seventy-seven. It's been a mitzvah from start to finish. Thank you all. Thanks to Heritage Radio. Thanks to Dave, Thank the you. engineer in the booth. Thanks to our sponsor, Roberta's. Don't forget, we're member supported, so please be a member. Uh, we're about to start a fun drive. Don't run away. Run towards it, like. Um, like like a responsible first uh, first responder and uh, ooh I'm just like all like like, like bumbly and goosebumpy at the 200 show I don't like even know what to say towards jelly let's water some pizza what do you say Judy let's get some all right it's arts hopping. and seizures see you soon oh, that was fun. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again.
for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.